Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Tuesday, but it is the first episode of the week. Did you miss us, Pewter people? Did you miss us? Had been one day off. There's been a lot of news in between then. Most notably, the Bucks getting reunited with the former team captain that's outside linebacker Carl Nassib. Carl is back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, really bolstering the outside linebacker group. We will talk about that. We will talk about some injuries to the Bucs and the cuts that they made to slim their roster down from 90 to 85. It was a NFL-mandated, mandatory thing that all 32 teams had to do. So we'll talk a lot about that as well. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my fellow colleague from PewterReport.com. Also started her new podcast, which you can find on Fridays, if I'm not mistaken. It is Casey Hudson. Casey, how's it going? Hey, yo. Thanks for the shout out. It's going so good. I I actually have no complaints today. I'm not hot, not tired. I I fed myself, not starving, no weird stuff happening. So... (laughs) That's good. good. That's great to hear. Maybe it was because we were also inside today. We should also <laughs> point out that our fellow Pewter Report colleague, colleague, JC Allen, will also be joining us in about 10 to 15 minutes. So all the JC fans out there, uh, he'll be on a little bit. It'll be Maddie M and the C's, just like it was in once the again. last episode. Yeah, once again. Um, of course, <laughs> the big news today, as we just talked about, was the fact that Carl Nassif is back in the red and pewter, which a lot of people were very excited about, myself included. Mm-hmm. Casey, I saw you tweeting about Carl Nassib. So we're oh, pumped yeah. up. We're very energized. And of course, the Peter Report podcast is brought to you by Celsius Energy Drinks. And guys, we love Celsius for multiple reasons, starting off with the variety. You know, you can get the sparkling wild berry. You can get the classic orange. You can get the sparkling watermelon. Uh, the tropical vibes, of course. The vibes are very high on this show, whether you're getting the peach vibe or the Arctic vibe, which, of course, Casey got me onto because it tastes just like you're drinking a a slushy. So the variety is great because there's so many different flavors. But also, Celsius Energy Drinks gives you the energy that you need to get you through your day. We call it the essential energy. There are seven essential vitamins, and it's perfect to get you going, whether you're starting your work day, whether you're going to go crush a workout, multiple different times, and you could have that drink. Puts a little extra pep in your step. So make sure you go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, so you can find out where there's a Celsius near you. And it seems like every single day, Celsius is growing more and more. So there's going to be one very close to you. You could also go to Amazon.com and pre-order a pack of Celsius, the variety pack. I would recommend that. You could have it set up where goes to your house or apartment every two weeks, three weeks, whatever you want. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius. That's Celsius Energy Live Fit. So, of course, Casey, mm. the big news. By the way, I am rocking the sparkling cucumber lime. I also have the sparkling orange pomegranate. So I'm going to flip a coin and decide uh, which one I cucumber want Cucumber lime for 100, please. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Uh, Casey, obviously the big news, Carl Nassib, Back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Give me your initial thoughts about the move. Did you see it coming? Um, where's your excitement level with this? And how is it going to help the Bucs moving forward? One, I'm actually very excited about this move too. I saw it coming because Pewter Report, 
you guys um, really, really broke that down and and made sense of it and, and hammered it home. Somebody asked me, well, not somebody, just kidding. Aaron and Pat, I was on the Aaron and Pat show earlier today on yep. WDAE, and they kind of asked the same thing, like, was I surprised? And I'm like, no. And did I think that this was just a spur of the moment-ish signing, or did I think that the Bucks kind of had this on their radar? And I think the Bucks had it on their radar. Uh, I don't think it was going to happen particularly as quickly as it happened, but I do think that it was going to come about towards the end of training camp or the beginning of the season. There just wasn't much depth in that position. And we know that the Bucks want to protect themselves from having that nasty incident that they had last season of just no depth and a lot of injuries and putting themselves in a, in a predicament that could have been somewhat a little bit more avoidable. So I like the Nassib signing. I think that he was most productive in the, in Tampa Bay. Um, his first season with the Bucks, six and a half sacks. His next season with the Bucks, six sacks. His production rate had dropped off once he headed out to Las Vegas. And yeah, we take all of that into account, but you also have to think coaching. You have to think scheme. You have to think about the players that he's working alongside of. So I think that there's a role with the Bucks for Carl Nassib. Um, everybody's excited to have him back and for him to be reunited with some players that he did play with in 2018 and 2019. More importantly, I loved the the fact that we know that the Bucks love versatile players and he fits that he's a versatile guy. He's six, seven, 275 pounds, and he doesn't just fit in one box as a defensive end or a pass rusher. So I'm a big fan of how they're going to utilize him and how he might even add to the competition. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to point out that yeah, Nassib was on this team back in 2018 and 2019. He wasn't just on this team. He was a captain, like he was a defensive captain on this team. So obviously mm -hmm. he's going to fit in well. Many of the teammates already know him. And Todd Bowles obviously is a big fan of him. And that's why Carl Nassib is in here with the team. When I first think about him, I, I just think of the motor that he has as a player. He goes, 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 goes. And it's just mm -hmm. relentless. And I think that's perfect for the position that he's going to be playing. Because let's let's not make any mistakes about it. It's still Shaq Barrett and Joe Tryon Shoyanka as the leading outside linebackers. Yes. And we really like Anthony Nelson as a depth player, that third outside linebacker. Yes. But that's not to say that the fourth OLB is, is, isn't going to get any playing time at all. We actually saw that a lot last year where Nelson would get in there and JTS would be in there as well when uh, JPP was also healthy. I'm just spelling out letters all over the place. <laughs> I know. Um, but, like, I would feel really good about Again, not the whole game, but you know, a couple, a series or two, where it's Anthony Nelson on one side and Carl Nassib on the other. Which, when Anthony Nelson got drafted here, many people, Peter Port as well, was saying that he's like a prototype <laughs> of like what Carl Nassib is because he's got the yep. length and, as you mentioned, six seven. So again, just adding to that forest of trees that the Bucks have <laughs> on the defensive line from JTS to Logan Hall. Everyone else in between, just these tall guys that are going this whole to forest down. that just came in. It really is a forest of like <laughs> defensive linemen. It, it truly and is. Maddie, can I ask you this? Who doesn't yeah. want to see at least a, a handful of plays where you have two massive guys coming off the edge, like Nasib at six seven, and isn't isn't Nelson right up there at like six six almost or yeah six, yeah they're like very seventeen thousand quarters. Right. Yeah. So imagine like these two trees coming off the end and they both have an extended reach. Nelson mentioned that today as well. So like they both have this massive reach about them. They're very tall. They're both. I mean, Nelson sits at about 265 to 270, but I'm sure come season it'll, you know, remain about the same. But you have these guys that are nearly 270 apiece and they're going to be coming off the edge. 
And you have this guy who's so relentless. That's probably the most common thing that everybody has said about his style of play is his relentlessness coming off the edge and in any position that they place him or wherever they place him on the field. So I want to see a few plays regardless of how well the team is doing with these two both coming off the edge. Yeah, and another thing that I think like is important to to point out is, you know, he played because he played in this defense before, like he's used to playing in a three, four style of defense. I saw some people in the comments saying that, oh, like, wasn't he a four, three guy? Well, no, he played in this defense. That was a three, four, at least for one season with Todd Bowles, because 2018, it was, listen, it was a debacle on the (laughs) defensive end. And a lot of that was because of like defensive coordinator, Mike Smith, but he has experience playing in that three, four, uh, you know, type of defense. Mm -hmm. The, have played before and really he could have been back and first of all we should backtrack um let's not forget that you know on the peter report podcast we talked about the fact that the bucks need a veteran outside linebacker and we mentioned mm-hmm. a couple guys we mentioned anthony Barr, we mentioned justin houston but we also talked about carl nassif and how that could definitely be a fit on this team so it was cool to really see that occur and of course he has more familiarity than any of the other people that we mentioned so Yep. Absolutely think it was a great fit. You mentioned uh, his playing time with the Bucs and then going over to Vegas. So with the Bucs, again, 2018-2019 season, he played in 29 games, 17 starts, 63 tackles, 20 tackles for loss, uh, 12 and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, and then uh, one fumble recovery. Then you go to uh, his time with Vegas, two seasons, uh, 2020 and 2021, he played in 27 games, only five starts. So he kind of got moved back to that uh, reserve role. 49 tackles, eight tackles for loss, four sacks. He did have one interception. So that's the only like stat increase that Nassib had um, with the Raiders than he did over, than with the Bucks. And he also had one forced fumble. So I think he knows the role that he's going to have with this team. Um, I think he can also maybe also help out on special teams, as you see in this photo here. Uh, again, the size we talked about blocking, uh, blocking a kick here, getting his hand on it. Uh, I think that could potentially be a role for Nassib. And overall, mm-hmm. you know, we had our questions going into, I guess, this week and the next preseason game. Uh, we'll talk about the injuries in a moment. But um, when it came to the outside linebacker position, we have the first three locked down. That next competition, though, Cam Gill looked great in the first preseason game, but he got injured. And also, he's undersized. Like, he's fast, but he's undersized. I don't know. Sure, you can win in a preseason game where you're going up against guys that might not be on the team in, like, a week or two from now. <laughs> I don't know when you're going. No, that's that's not a knock on the competition that he's going. No, I know. There. It just made me giggle for a second. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, And, you know, Elijah Ponder was a guy that, in the last game, I thought, he played quite well, but his issue was he would get into the backfield and then just not finish the play. Like he whiffed on the sack at least two times. And that's mm-hmm. kind of something that we talked about when it came to Joe Tryon Shoenka, where he had four sacks, but yeah, he could have had eight sacks, but right. it just, it, it didn't happen that way because he didn't finish the job. Now Joe Tryon Shoenka can get away with it because he was their first round overall pick. They're not going to mm-hmm. cut him and they, that you'd be crazy to like, he still had a very good season despite missing the quarterback on multiple occasions. Elijah Ponder does not have that benefit. And, you know, credit to him. 
he came in as a defensive tackle. So he had to lose a lot of weight while also like keeping the same amount of speed. So he's went through a complete like body transformation and for him to keep competing, I give him a ton of credit for that, but still it was probably Gill's job to lose before he got injured. Outside right. of the two guys, you have, you know, they just cut Joe Ozugu, who just, he couldn't stay healthy. That's why, you know, he wasn't, you know, on the team. Andre Anthony, Liability. they drafted him <laughs> out of LSU. Hasn't really shown too much either. He made the first round of cuts, but we'll, we'll see how long that he's on this team. It was definitely a question mark going into the season, that fourth outside linebacker. And you need to solidify that. I understand. What, what's the big deal? It's the fourth outside linebacker. Well, God forbid, if something happens to Shaq or JTS early on, well, then fourth outside linebacker just became a super hell of a lot more important than it was, you know, a, a month ago. So I really think I'm just, I just feel so comfortable with Nassib there as the fourth outside linebacker. He understands mm-hmm. his role, um, hasn't been always healthy, but not having to play the majority of the snaps. I think it's going to keep him fresh the same way that Julio Jones is going to be fresh. Yep. While G. Bernard up a little bit. The fact that Rashad White in there might not have to play in all of these snaps. I think you're going to see a lot of guys that are predominantly healthy for the most part because you have such a good rotation, whether it's the D-line, wide receiver, and now outside linebacker. It's only going to be a good thing. So I'm very excited about this Carl Nassif move. Yeah, I agree 100%. And more so, you want to have that option and that and that capability to not – run your ones into the ground. Yes, in the beginning of the season, the Bucks have a lot of tough teams that they're going to play right off the bat. But in the middle of the season, if you have that ability to kind of split those reps between the ones and the twos, and you can trust the twos nearly as equally as the ones, you're going to maintain and protect the health of this team so that they can still have gas. And then when it comes to playoffs and hopefully a Super Bowl, you know, so having him and and focusing on on creating depth at that fourth position is very important and to have a guy like Carl Nassib I think is extremely beneficial for them and you make a great point with the Elijah Ponder thing like it takes a lot to reacclimate your body and your skill set when you're cutting weight so significantly I know that because I watched my brother do it at FSU like when my brother started at FSU he was a defensive end then he had a pack on the weight and move in to be a defensive tackle under Jimbo Fisher and he felt like he had to readjust his athleticism and rehone his craft that made him him and such an explosive dynamic player through that weight to cut back to a defensive end to kind of rediscover it. So it's more than just a weight game. It's, it's also reapplying your skills with the the muscle mass that you have on and getting reacclimated with, with your size and your frame. So not everybody has time to wait for that. And Ponder has shown good strides. The coaches have said nothing but great things about him, but they need somebody that they can kind of just be like, here you go. And Nassib fits that. I'm going to butcher this guy's name in five different ways throughout this entire season. So everybody just brace yourself. It's Nassib. Just so uh, we're all aware. (laughs) Carl. But I also (laughs) want to give just a quick shout out to to Carl Nassib because some people are saying it's like a publicity stunt. First of all, shout out Carl for to. Yeah, let me start that over. Shout out to Carl Nassib for coming out as the first openly gay player that was actively playing football. Um, Mm -hmm. That shows so much courage and bravery. I applaud him for that. I, that that was a big thing and um oh, yeah but moving forward i hope it you know it doesn't become a thing where we have to like announce it doesn't it need to be his title and, exactly it's not his title the bucks signed yeah. him because he's still a good player that still has something to give 
in this league. And you know, he's still got gas left in the simple tank. To keep in mind is that like, you know, cause I saw some things in the chat too. Like it's uncomfortable for guys in the locker room. That discomfort goes both ways. It's not comfortable for him to walk into a locker room feeling or thinking that people are thinking of him in one category or box. So yeah. at the end of the day, let's just more so leave it to the fact that he's a vicious athlete and he's going to contribute something to your favorite team. And absolutely. He's going to bring a lot of stuff. Inhale, and he exhale. was a team captain. He's extremely liked by, Almost every like the new guys, some guys haven't been teammates with him, but he was a team captain with the mm -hmm. roster right now that many guys were already teammates with him. So he's here because he's a good player. It has mm -hmm. nothing to do with anything else. And I'm so happy for him that he's comfortable with himself and he's going to yep. do great things for the Bucks yep. this season. So again, yes, just wanted to address that real quick because there's some people in the comments that, you know, Going are being jerks about it. about it. But, you know, yeah. so we address it. Awesome. Very happy for, for, uh, and we're Carl still Massive. psyched. <laughs> yeah, we're still very psyched. And we'll see. Um, he was signing today, so he was not at practice for the uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll see if he makes the trip to Tennessee. But nonetheless, he'll be playing again uh, pretty soon. Uh, right. Speaking of practice, they were indoors today. But yesterday, mm -hmm. there was a uh, new, obviously, some injuries out there. One of them, fortunately, was, uh, and we're sticking with the outside linebacker, position unfortunately cam gill was seen in a boot on his right foot and he had a, a mobile scooter it turned mm -hmm. out right after that um he suffered a list frank injury and unfortunately uh will be injured for quite a little bit of time which honestly led to the you know the carl nassib move and quicker, you know, yeah. let's stick on yeah let's stick on carl nassib for one moment because joining the show right about now is jc allen jc we're gonna pull you up here in just a moment but to make sure we got all the graphics correct we're gonna put up another picture of carl nassib your newest tampa bay oh actually jc just left don't know where he went so you know what we're gonna do instead because we can pivot on this show very quickly we could change on the fly like the tampa bay lightning to stick oh. on the topic of carl nassib we're going to pull up a video of Todd Bowles talking about the newest addition to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Carl was tough in the run. You know, when he played when he was here with us, he was a very good pass rusher on the outside. He can also play inside in nickel situations. So he has a lot of versatility. He brings a lot of energy. He brings a lot of toughness. And, you know, he, he understands the system. And he was comfortable in it. So, you know, we look forward to him coming here. And here's also Anthony Nelson. AKA A. Nelly talking about uh, Carl Nassib's edition as well. He just he uses his long arms really well. And that was something that uh, I wasn't definitely doing uh, to the best of my ability when I first got here. Uh, and he was able to use his length while still attacking. Uh, and just kind of that mindset and uh, that approach to the game is really one of the big things that I, I took from him and, and tried to apply to my game in the past couple of years. And before we bring JC in here, I do want to talk to you guys about Underdog Fantasy and the $10 million in prizes that they have with Best Ball Mania 3. That's right. There is still time to go and pick your team. Uh, the best place to play fantasy football this summer is with Underdog Fantasy. Uh, there's no waivers when you pick your Best Ball Mania 3. There's no trades. There's no in-season management. Underdog gives you your best score each week of the season and the highest scores at the end of the year win. Underdog to do your first deposit up to $100 when you sign up with the code Twitter. That's four free entries into Best Ball Mania 3. 
Even if you learned your math from Plant City, you can figure that out. So what are you waiting for? Head over to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store and sign up for Underdog with the promo code Pewter. Draft your best ball mania three team today. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Pewter. They also have great pickums and over-unders, which you can start doing right now with the preseason going on. You could do it in baseball. You could do it with basketball and hockey when they come back, but it's always super fun to do it with football. You could bet the over on or unders on, you know, receiving yards, rushing yards, passing yards. You'd also do head to head. So, you know, when the Bucks play the Saints or uh, the Rams or another rival that you hate, you could pick one of your favorite players. You could pick Leonard Fournette to have more rushing yards than, uh, you know, the other team's opponent, which is probably a good bet because the Bucks have one of the best run defenses in the league. And Lombardi Lenny is going to go crazy in a good way this year. So, again, go to Underdog Fantasy and use the promo code Pewter for all special bonuses jc welcome to the show my man we were just talking about carl nassib and the big addition the big news of the day and yesterday with uh carl nassib former team captain reunited with the buccaneers jc give us your thoughts you probably just talked about it on beckles and retcher where you just were but you know reiterate it again for the fans here the pewter people yeah, I think Carl Nassib brings a bunch of different uh, aspects. First of all, versatility. Bulls talked about that. You know, they can use him in a variety of different ways. I think Joe Trincherinka last year as a down lineman, you know, with his hand in the dirt and also as a guy standing up, he brings height, physicality, 6'7". Um, one thing that I think that he's going to do is also bring another guy in that rotation to keep everybody fresh. You know, he, he's not going to be counted on as a starter. He wasn't started as the last couple of years. In fact, last season he only averaged about 251 total snaps on defense with that he did he put up two sacks 18 tackles um and he got out to the quarterback even though he didn't always sack him with 10 hurries so he also had a forced fumble but i think with carl nassib too one of the big things for him is he's going to need to do uh you know he's going to need to show it on special teams because that's what he's replacing is, is a guy who played on core special teams last season cam gill had over 240 something snaps on special teams to NASA's 101. So if NASA can come in here, learn to uh, get, find a role on special teams and kind of replace Kim Gill for, for that role and then be a solid rotational piece that's going to keep everybody fresh and keep everybody healthy, I think it's a score. He was one of the guys that we highlighted all offseason as a potential, you know, fit if they weren't sold to the linebacker group. I think Kim Gill really showed out that first week. You know, he, he's more of a speed guy who's going to beat you with, you know, down a distance, pin your ears back and go for it. But in that first game against the Dolphins, he he showed really good strength as well, bull rushing his way to that sack. Unfortunately, he's hurt necessary times to take necessary measures. And that's why Carl Nassib was brought in here. I think it's going to be a great addition. You already heard about, you know, Anthony Nelson talking about him. I've heard some of the coaching staff talk about him. And he's going to be a great fit and great rotational guy in this defense. Yeah, absolutely. We we spoke about a little bit of that, the size, of course, that he's going to bring and and the fact that he could also play special uh, special teams. I'm not going to call this signing a necessity, but it just it really was unfortunate, especially Casey, as as we were just getting to to talk about the game that Cam Gill had before he Mm -hmm. got injured Um, for all his his uh, downfalls isn't the right word, but for all the shortcomings. Yes, the shortcomings some of it being his size, no pun intended. Um, you know, he did a lot of great things. Like I, one of my favorite plays, and remember Cam Gill had a sack in that game, but my favorite mm-hmm. play from Cam Gill was uh, the Dolphins completed a pass like 10, 15 yards down the middle. And Cam Gill ran all the way from the line of scrimmage to, you know, tackle 
the 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 ball carrier on that play. Mm-hmm. That's a Carl Nassib type of play. I mean, it's an awesome hustle play, but that's also a Carl Nassib type of play. And imagine how much faster Nassib would get there with his legs, length, <laughs> ability. Yeah. <laughs> Just takes two strides for every every stride of gills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leave it to me to point something out like that. But no, honestly, it, it's unfortunate because Gil was finally starting to get some respect placed on his name. And now, you know, it's going to, going to take a minute before we can reevaluate that. I will say, I think we'd be remiss not to mention the fact that uh, Cam Gill tweeted out that he had a successful surgery and all is well, and he plans to bounce back soon. And the typical recovery time around that surgery is three to four months, I believe. Correct. Not right or wrong. So there could be, there could be a resurrection for Cam Gill within this season, but at least we know, hopefully he'll, he'll start back from the momentum that he was generating from Saturday. Fingers crossed. Yeah, and he missed time last year as well. I mean, he he didn't play for the first, I believe, nine games uh, dealing with a foot injury again, a foot injury last season. Um, mm-hmm. So with that, you know, he's no stranger to the the song and dance. I think the be- most likely situation here, and we might find out something tomorrow if they do decide to put him on IR, but is to keep him through final cuts and then kind of do what they're going to do with Jensen and place him on IR so they can bring him back, you know, once he's fully healthy, probably sometime in December. So, uh, yeah, I mean, necessity might have been a too harsh of a word. I think it's yeah. more of, I don't think they trust Elijah Ponder in that fourth spot yet. You know, he's done some good things. He's done some bad things. And obviously Jojo Awuzgu, uh, Azugu, whatever his name is, was released oh. today. Um, yeah. And, and you know, as, as you mentioned, I think Jordan Young to me today that, you know, that he stood out to you. Um, he's still an unknown as an undrafted guy. So, you know, you, you had to bring somebody in here. And really the only guys out there are Trey Flowers and Carl Nassib. And, you know, one has more of an upside knowing your system and, you know, getting uh, getting into it quickly and right away to be able to make an impact. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, unfortunately, especially any time that, a player has surgery, you know, it's something that you, you have to monitor and, mm-hmm. and be aware of. And, you know, we spoke about this a little bit in the media room yesterday. We were talking about it with, with Greg Almond of the athletic as well, where, uh, you know, not all list Frank injuries are the same. Like list Frank mm-hmm. injury was something that Levante David was dealing with last year. And that was a different situation. Like, cause one was like a legit break. One was, you know, a bit of a sprain. The playoffs were coming up. And Levante said that he was only playing at 60%. That's even with like the amount of games that he missed, like coming back for the playoffs. So, and obviously with all due respect to Cam Gill, Levante David is a little bit more important to the defense than Cam Gill is. So, Slightly. so Gill will have, you know, more time to, to heal up and progress. And I think he, he's got a good spot in terms of like, he's, he should be on the practice squad. I think he's a guy that you can call up. If there's other injuries or you need a, a special teams guy with some quickness, uh, yeah, you could call him up. So, you know, hopefully he can get healthy as soon as possible and then hopefully get to the practice squad if another team doesn't take him off of waivers and, um, you know, be back on the roster eventually. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other injuries that we've seen. Brashad Perryman still not playing. Uh, we don't really have to talk about that too much. Um <laughs> There are really two that stick I'm out like, to me. Wow. I'm not, I'm not, dis- I'm not dissing for Sean Perryman. He just hasn't played. Um, the two that really stick out to me, though, are Grant Stewart, who left the preseason game pretty early, you know, I, like within the first quarter, I believe, and it was a hamstring mm-hmm. injury. 
And uh, Giovanni Bernard, uh, he got injured as well. He did not practice the last two days. Neither did Grant Stewart. Bernard, I think, regardless, you know, he's got a spot on this team. He's not really in jeopardy of losing it too much. Stewart and JC, you and I were having a conversation about this earlier. It's a very, very tricky spot for the Bucs because right now in coverage, like as as a full as a full blown linebacker, Grant Stewart is linebacker four. KJ Britt, yeah, he's not it. KJ Britt has done a, a solid job. I think he's really working at solidifying his role as the third linebacker. And you know, after talking to Devin White and Levante and some of the coaches everyone seems to be pretty high on KJ Britt. So, you know, I saw some people in the chats asking about like a veteran linebacker three. I don't know if the Bucs necessarily have to do that because I think KJ Britt is really holding his own. But in terms of Grant Stewart, it's a very, very tricky spot, as I just said, because while he's not getting it done as the, you know, as a linebacker and he got hurt, you know, he could have had more opportunities to, to show what he could do. He's their guy on special teams. He's their special teams ace. He led the team in tackles. So it's very tough to justify cutting arguably your best special teams player that can go out and get the returner when you're one of the first time, first guys down there. It's very tough and risky to get rid of him when probably another team would pick him up off of waivers strictly for what he can do on special teams. On the flip side... A couple of the linebackers have done a, a pretty good job. I know Scott's pretty high on uh, Olakunle Fadukasi. By the way, Scott is suspended for the show today. Uh, he is in Nashville. Uh, he will be at the joint practices with Josh Capo over the next two days. So you will get, you will get your dose of uh, of Scott. It will be tomorrow. Uh, but Scott's very high on Olakunle. I thought J.J. Russell did a really good job in the preseason game against the Miami Dolphins. And he got extended playing time because – Grant Stewart was out, and I really thought that he, you know, um, there's Robert Hainsey. But um, I really thought that he did a, a good job in terms of uh, making the most of his opportunities. So, JC, I'll start with you. I, I don't know where you fall on this, but it, it's a little bit more of a tougher situation with, with Grant Stewart than I think we all expected. Yeah, as far as that linebacking core behind the, the starters go, it's, you know, KJ Britt, like you said, has come on, but he's still very limited. And I know, as you said, people have been saying, well, is there another linebacker we can get? Uh, yeah, maybe Dante Hightower, Anthony Hitchens, Danny Trevathan, all those guys are not coverage guys. They're more thumpers. They're more, you know, spot players. And the only other guy really available that that could be better than him is Kevin Minter. And we've, we've seen our share of yeah. Kevin <laughs> So I, I think when you're looking at Grant Stewart, you you outline it perfectly. This is a guy who was a special teams demon, was th- tied third in the league in special teams tackles. Players, you know, and teams, coaches, they they noticed that. Uh, he's Mr. Irrelevant, so he got that extra little pub that goes with it. You know, Mr. Irrelevant, you know, making, doing a, carving a role on special teams. So, you know, it's I think it's his, if he's healthy, it's his job to lose. Um, I don't think much that a Kunle – Fatukasi or J.J. Russell can do can outperform him to win that spot. I think the coaches really liked what they what they've gotten out of him as a special teams player. You know, God forbid that, that he has to be an every down linebacker. Then they're in trouble. Then they need to start like scouring the trade market or something. But as a special teams guy, and that's pretty much what you are as a fourth linebacker. He fits perfectly there. So, you know, I think they'll have a better shot of getting Fatukasi or, or Russell back on the practice squad, which is kind of I just put on my fifty three man roster, which I have. 
kind of have him going on the practice squad potentially if he makes it through waivers. So, you know, I just – you hit everything on the head over there as far as special teams and not risking losing that guy who was one of the best in the league and one of the best – the best for you last season. Casey, what do you think? Is it, is it too much of a gamble to, to yeah, let go of a yeah. – I would say so. I would think that you don't want to completely – empty the tank on a decision like that. And I, I don't think that they're forced to make that decision quite yet. I know that more cuts and rumor needing to be made, but um, I think Grant needs to maintain. I mean, he's not going to be the guy that you put on the field too much further because he doesn't particularly have the frame to be an all day uh, NFL linebacker, but he makes it count where he gets that opportunity. And that's something that yeah. you want in your corner. So, yeah. Yeah, they always say that the last couple of roster spots, it's going to come down to special teams. So if that's the case, well, then you have to stick with the best special teams guys. But we'll see. And he's one of the most talked about guys on special teams. You know, yes, you exactly. don't get rid of that kind of presence just because. Um, yeah, and I agree. I think it would have to come down to if Fadukasi or Russell can really prove that they can be a solid. JC, you're kind of talking about this too, that they could be a solid special teams guy where – you know, maybe they're not better than than uh, Grant Stewart, sure. but can at least like kind of keep it within the same, you know, the same type of form. Then, then all right, then you can at least get better depth. Better at, yeah. yeah, you can get better yeah. depth at linebacker. Casey, I mean, Father Kazi had some moments during training camp that makes you be like, oh, or aha, but not yeah. enough where you would just kind of play, play. Right? huh? Did he have an interception? Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah, yeah, and he's, and he's right. had some quality hits for as much as you can hit with pads on in training camp. But I wouldn't say that he's drawn enough excitement to completely rule out and discount everything that Grant Stewart has done for this team on special teams. Greg Schiano, and he played at yeah, and he played at Rutgers, so he's a uh, Schiano man. So uh, good for him. <laughs> Casey, let me throw another one at you because I see a couple people in the couple people in the chats, especially the uh, swords and cannons. Uh, guy, he keeps talking about mm. the wide receivers. Now, let me ask you: We, we mm. talked about like how great this team is at at receiver, a lot of depth, and you know everything that comes along with that. How would you feel about the Bucks potentially? Well, one, you you would have to figure out who you're going to keep in your top six or seven. Let's say hypothetically seven, because I think this unit okay, has earned you. keeping that number. Thank but you. if hypothetically the Bucks could end up trading one of their wide receivers, dare I say, Scotty Miller, dare I say, Devin Tompkins or someone like that. Um, (laughs) Could that be a possibility where the Bucs just, they just have so much depth and you know, you're going to lose one of these guys anyway. Why not trade? If there's, if you're like stuck between two guys and it's really kind of like 50, 50 down to the wire, why not trade one of these receivers to another team you're probably only going to get like a sixth or seventh round pick out of it. But the team that you're dealing with, they at least have the peace of mind where they're going to get a wide receiver and they don't have to worry about the rat race of going through waivers because at that point, all hands are off. You're not guaranteed to get anyone. By making a trade with the Bucs who have great depth at wide receiver, you're at least guaranteeing you can get Scotty Miller or Cyril Grayson Jr., or, you know, Jared Stearns, one of these very talented, um, yeah, or Rashad Perriman, one of these talented, <laughs> undrafted free agents like Stearns and, and Geiger. So, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? 
I I don't like the idea of it, honestly, whatsoever, because for one, I think they're going to try to protect this depth in this particular group as much as possible, because this was one of the groups that got the most depleted last season. And I know at this point, people are probably like, why do you keep comparing it to last season? Guys, there's with many, many bones in my body. <laughs> I feel like if, if the injuries didn't play such a huge role last season, there would have been, you know, a different outcome to a pretty a pretty large extent. So I think that this is one group where they're going to try to protect their assets to the best of their ability. If it came down to it though, and logistically it would be beneficial say if they wanted to add to a position group that needs depth and they can get somebody that they think can contribute right away. Then sure. I, people might be shocked to hear this, but Brashad Perriman and anybody in that wide receiver room that just kind of seems injury prone already, you don't want to deal with it. And at least you're not cutting them and taking away their opportunity to succeed to some extent in this league. You're giving them a fighting chance to still succeed, but you're doing it elsewhere. So unfortunately, you know, it's heartbreaking for me because I am a Brashad Perriman fan. I feel like, you know, one day he's going to be able to put all the pieces together between health and consistency and catching and, and speed. I just don't think it's going to be this season. And I don't love the fact that he's already, you know, dealing with things in training camp. So if it came from a logistical standpoint, I would trade a guy like Perriman and uh, add some depth to another position group. Other than that, I think they are actually okay with giving Scotty Miller a fighting chance this season between the conversations that are taking place and uh, the reps that he's gotten in training camp and stuff. And the fact that Scotty himself said in his press conference that he's getting more of a chance to prove that he's versatile and not just a one trick pony or a long stretch catcher. He's not getting that all from his own accord. He's typically pretty silent about what his role is going to be on a team. And he spoke from a more confident standpoint, which means yeah. there's more trust there. So I think Scotty's going to have some sort of fighting chance and there's also room for him to help and alleviate in special teams. So when you really think about how many different hats these wide receivers can wear, it's going to come down to the fact of the guy who really can only contribute one thing. And if he can't even stay healthy, then if a trade comes down to it, I wouldn't be against trading Brashad Perriman. And it, you guys should know that pains me to say. Yeah. My only argument would be, why would a team trade for Perryman? Cause he's, he's injured. Like, why are you trading for an injury prone guy? JC, I do want to get to your point in a moment, but first want to give a shout out to Mr. Bucks nation. Thank you so much for the $2 super chat. He says, great show as always guys. Congrats on reaching nine K last I checked. We were very close, but maybe we hit it in the middle of the show. Did so we? he could have been uh, telling us right there. We also had another super chat from uh, Dave. Dave, no comment, just $5 <laughs> super chat. Thank you so much, Dave. Really appreciate it. JC, where do you feel about this discussion? Sorry, Casey, please go ahead. Wait, sorry, <laughs> JC, not to cut <laughs> you off. Well, because you kind of you kind of left me high and dry there. Like, no one's going to trade for an injury, uh, Brashad Perriman. Yeah, we my, knew he was injury prone, and the Bucks picked him up. So depending on the system, the fit, and the desperation, yeah, there might be a trade option for Brashad Perriman. Just putting that out there. Jay, the floor is all yours. <laughs> uh, just looking at the analytics, we are, it looks like 10 subscribers away from 9,000. So if you haven't subscribed yet, please or like to share this. Yeah, wow. please, please subscribe because you could be, who knows, you could be that 9,000 subscriber, 10 away based on the analytics I just looked at. But anyways, yeah, Brashad Perriman's not getting traded, Casey. I don't know what you're what you're over there eating edibles or or the something like that. Some, maybe the maybe you've had a, one too many Pirate Republic beers. I'm not sure. Um, 
it's just a UCF connection thing. I don't know what's going on, but no, you know, I, <laughs> it's me looking I, I, out for my former alumni, right? Someone give them an opportunity somewhere. <laughs> Anybody, please. But no, I think um, when, when you look at this wide receiver room, I think Casey kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, you you got to protect against injuries and, you know, Devin Tompkins, you know, Jared Stearns, those guys have been balling out. I think if they're going to be trade bait, they're going to need to go out and have themselves a game again against the Tennessee Titans for people to be like, oh, maybe I'll trade a conditional seventh round pick next year that could bump up to a sixth if they make the roster and perform a certain number or whatever. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, I think there'll definitely be guys interested in Scotty Miller, definitely be teams interested in Tyler Johnson. Uh, I don't necessarily think, you know, Darden's going to get a lot of love out there, but it just comes down to what the Bucks are going to get. What are you going to get? Are you going to get a fourth round pick? Probably not. Fifth round pick? I doubt it. Can you maybe get a sixth round pick? That might not be out of the realm of possibility, but how much is that sixth round pick going to help you next year compared to having a guy like Scotty? And remember, Scotty was Tom Brady's favorite target in 2021, led the team halfway through the season. In, in receiving yards until Antonio Brown got there. And then obviously he ate into a lot of uh, his snaps. And then last year, suffering turf toe in week three. And he was having a really good week three against the Rams too. And then by that time, Cyril Grayson, Brashad Perriman, the guys kind of stepped up and he was kind of phased out of the offense and, and had to find a role any way he can um, into that special teams role. And he forced a fumble, recovered a, a muff punt. So I think Scotty's a guy that has is starting to earn him. You talked about his versatility, him being able to play inside, outside, uh, you know, and he's shown that out of that extra bulk and we've seen him handle some good, you know, make those grimy blocks that we haven't seen him make before in the run game. We've seen him actually in the run game doing end arounds as a gunner, as yep. a pun runner. So I think there's so much versatility and value to keeping a guy like Scotty Miller that I, I don't think it's necessarily that they, that, I don't think it's necessarily they trade him. Uh, and then Tyler Johnson could be a guy, you know, you have a similar possession receiver in Julio Jones at this point of his career who can also have that inside outside versatility. But again, what do you, it's based, what are you getting versus what are you giving up? And I think at this point right now, the Bucks are much better suited to keep those guys they have on their roster and then try to sneak a Devin Tompkins, try to sneak a Jared Stearns, one of those guys on the practice squad, to go with probably a Cyril Grayson who will end up on the practice squad, and then a Brashad Perriman. Because if the Bucks cut Perriman, he was given a million dollars guaranteed this season. So, you know, obviously there's a risk that he could go somewhere else, but he got cut by two teams, and one team paid him $2 million to go away. Sorry, Casey. Yikes. <laughs> You know, he could take that million dollars that he's got guaranteed, pocketed by the Bucks, go on the practice squad, know that he's already made a million dollars for the season and anything that he makes in the practice squad is extra and be that veteran safety valve and give them two or three guys they trust on the practice squad to really elevate in case injuries happen again. So uh, at this point, I don't think they they look to trade one of these guys. May the best yeah, I man. Think it, yeah, I think it's a good question, but I would definitely, I would most likely lean towards, you know, keeping the guys that they have. I think it's just. Fill the practice squad. Yeah, well, I, I think it's just a question that needs to be brought up because they can only keep so many guys, whether it's the 53-man the roster or the practice squad. So I just think inevitably one of those players are going to slip through like the waiver wire or whatever right. it may be. So I just think... I, yeah, I just think the Bucks should look into, you know, that type of, uh, of possibility. And I don't know. I'm not ruling yeah. out Stearns, Tompkins, or Geiger, one of them actually making the main roster. I, I legitimately think because of special teams and what we've already seen from them a little bit, I wouldn't necessarily rule it out. But JC, you had mentioned 
that, you know, Casey hit the nail on the head with, with her take about Scotty and everything. I absolutely agree that Casey hit the nail on the head with that. But what about hitting a bowling pin straight on? <laughs> the best place that you can go and do that is at Pin Chasers. And there are multiple different locations, whether it's East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown, or Veterans. Pin Chasers is the bowling lane that you need to be at. Uh, the food is underrated. I've talked about the pizza, chicken tendies, and nachos. They are all fantastic. Um, they have different deals literally every single night, whether it's uh, you know dollar beers, whether it's all-you-could-eat pizza, whether it's uh, all-you-could-bowl. Head over to pinchasers.net and see what type of deals that they have because there is one out there for you. And they got brunch on the weekends. Who doesn't like a good brunch on the weekend? You could also uh, book a party. Book a lane for uh, if you want to throw a birthday party for your kids. They got the arcade room as well. So a little bowling, a little video games. It's a fun night out with friends and family. So make sure you go to pinchasers.net. And their owner, Anthony Peroni, is a huge Bucks fan. So you are supporting a fellow Bucks fan by going to pinchasers. That is pinchasers.net. Check out all the deals that they have going on. Uh, I want to get to a super chat that I saw sticking on the topic of the wide receivers. That we were talking about. It's from Callie Bucks. Callie Bucks, thank you all the way from the West Coast for that $4.99 super <laughs> chat. He says, Does Darden count towards the seven receivers kept? Or, yeah, Callie Bra. Okay. Or will Darden, California, or will Darden, you seven other receivers make the 53 man roster? You got to take the 405 to pal out there. Um, I, he would count towards the receivers. It's just a benefit that he could also play uh, as a as a kick returner or a punt returner. It's not like there's a separate section of of just being a return man because you know team some teams the Bucks don't typically do it, but you know some teams have like defensive backs that are returners or running backs. We've seen that with Rashad White. They would still count towards the running back and the receiver room or whatever position they play. It's just a benefit that they can also be a returner. It helps the individual more than. It, it helps the team in that situation. But a good question for, yeah. for clarification. Right. Um, I don't even know. Like, we asked Arden about it yesterday, and, you know, he talked about getting better. But, like, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a guarantee that Darden's going to be the return guy this year. Well, I think for familiarity, it's kind of a guarantee. But with, what, two some odd weeks left in training camp and, and, what, and whatnot, I think that – they wouldn't be against vetting one of these other young guys also to give them um, room to grow. And you learn things, special team returner that you can kind of apply to your game. So I think maybe right now it's kind of a guarantee because nobody seemed to really stand out on Saturday in, in terms of doing anything spectacularly different. And we all know, I don't really think the world of Darden is a returner either. So to say that is kind of like somebody's got to make it count, like give me something to look at. And we've seen that the the punt returner, kick returner competition kind of dwindled down the last couple of weeks. The first couple of days of practice, they even had Russell Gage out there. They had all these guys. Um, <laughs> and, and now it's just been Darden and, and Tompkins have really kind of been the two guys back there. I know Rashad White got an opportunity to do some kick return stuff, but we haven't seen him back there recently taking taking returns. At least I have. I don't know if you guys have, but I noticed today it was just Darden and Tompkins returning the kicks there. So. Yeah, in case you had yeah. a nice comment when Darden stepped up today. <laughs> <laughs> I can play nice. But, I mean, in training camp and, like, how you said that there was, you know, such a rotation and then it dwindled down, I mean, Kenyon Barner was probably somebody that got – that did 
did better in my opinion from what I saw in in some reps and now he's not even a viable option so here we are back to the garden situation yeah want to give a quick shout out to Mark he said uh his donations are just like a super chat just done in a different way yeah if you want to donate to uh the Peter Report sites just like a little tip jar you could do so uh, on our website just go to peterreport.com you could check it out but thank you Mark for donating to Peter Report and uh, training camp very nice oh awesome there you go He's been awesome. here since Scott's been here back in the Peter back days. Yeah, Scott, he's an OG. So, oh, he's a he's legacy. OG. Yeah, he's an OG. Um, to get back to Barner, though, that was the other news from yesterday on Monday that uh, Kenyon Barner got put on the IR with a groin injury, and therefore the Bucks signed running back Patrick Laird, who spent the last three seasons with the Miami Dolphins. So, um, you know, a little experience there. He played a, a lot of snaps on special teams. Uh, I wrote it in the story the other day. So I, I believe it was like 453 snaps on special teams. So he has experience in that type of role. And I, I don't necessarily, I don't think he's really going to make the team. I, I think it's just, you know, Washington. a training camp. Like Barner was already fighting an uphill battle to, to make this roster. So I don't know, yeah. Laird coming in, uh, you know, with only two preseason games. I don't necessarily, yeah, I don't necessarily see it coming. However, <laughs> he was wearing number 43 today at practice, which <laughs> signified that another 43 was no longer on the team. And that was the most surprising roster cut from today, which was a uh, defensive back Ross Cockrell, who had been on the team for the last two years, veteran player who was part of the Bucks Super Bowl winning team. Cockrell, I think, was the most surprising out of the group because oh, yeah. he was by far and away the most tenured just veteran in the league. Everyone else was mostly undrafted rookie free agents or Jonathan Hubbard. Uh, it was a second year player that was dealing with an injury. So that's why he was waived. But Cockrell, um, you know, his play regressed last season. They moved him from corner to safety because, again, the slot situation didn't totally work out. He got beat a little bit in the right. game. The, yeah, he <laughs> burnt wow. as well. I was trying to, you know, try to not yeah. pick someone while they're down after they just got cut. But, oh, Casey, I'll leave that to you. <laughs> um, but, like, it's a little surprising but at the same time. Like, he was already, you know, down on the depth chart, wasn't necessarily going to, you know, take the role of, of someone else. And I think at this point, it's more worth the Bucks' while to get extra looks at someone like Nolan Turner uh, who was an undrafted free agent from Clemson. Uh, you know, it, it's better to get more looks at him than to see what you already know that you have uh, in Ross Cockrell. So a little surprising thought, maybe they let him get another, you know, another week just because of his his tenure with uh, two seasons here with the Bucs. But, you know, nonetheless, it, it, it was the one that kind of made you, you know, raise your eyebrows a little bit. Yeah, I think I, I wrote about in my predicting the Bucks cuts that he could be a surprise cut after only playing 11 snaps uh, on defense, the fewest snaps of any defender other than Cam Gill and Grant Stewart, which we both know left the game with injuries. Um, he also played 11 snaps on special teams as well, but you know, Todd Bowles said it today and when, you know, me and Greg were kind of, we found out Curtis Blackwell was not there and me and Greg were scouring the field. Like, all right, who else is not there? They're making cuts. And we found, you know, Ross Cockrell wasn't there. I looked at the safeties and cornerbacks and he wasn't there. And, you know, we kind of talked about it. And then Bulls mentioned it afterwards, you know, saying that, you know, he's done some great things for us. Uh, but we, you know, we're going to let let him go early. 
That way he has a chance to latch on to another team. Kind of like we could have, they could have kept them all the way through despite, you know, probably not keeping him um, on as, as a guy that's going to make the team. But uh, you know, he pretty much said we thought enough of Ross to give him a chance to get on with somebody else. So that's why we did it so early, but he did a lot yeah. of things in the past. So it kind of tells you classy move by the Buccaneers. Um, you know, we've seen it all the time. He's got another two, two games, two weeks, three weeks to, potentially make somebody else's roster so it was a little surprising though definitely but you could tell he's lost a step as casey said in not so much of a nicer fashion <laughs> i used one word i didn't even go like full sentence on this you're guy. right yeah. yeah you guys have heard me say right. a lot more so one word um, no i i agree with you you're right um, I, I will say though regardless of my own personal feelings is that i was i was surprised i was surprised like everybody else um just because like you know i if anything i thought we would probably see the dismissal of garner or robinson first not because they haven't been doing well just because you know they haven't showed face as much and cockerel had to kind of level up a multiple times last season so i felt like the trust factor may have saved him a little bit but the inconsistency and depending on you know what more the coaches know above us obviously it's not worth wasting time so um i again classy character i'm glad that yeah. the buck gave him time to maybe find a new home and it's all about system and coaching where people thrive you know he may have been inconsistent in tampa bay and he may take off somewhere else so i'm always wishing the best to these guys even though i'm not yeah, it was it was nice of the Bucks though <laughs> to to give him like more time to to find another team because yeah. you you're absolutely right, Casey. That you know different schemes, different like coaches, other coaches that know him, you know, might want to bring in a, a veteran presence mm -hmm. uh, like like Cockrell. And you know, cutting him doesn't necessarily have a huge like impact financially for for the Bucks. But if you want to have a huge impact on your finances in a positive way. The best way to do that is to work with Immuni Financial. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really gotta come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Aim Uni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. You know, sooner rather than later, we got to get out to Colorado, Colorado, <laughs> as they like to call it. Uh, when you're managing your family's wealth, uh, go to Muni Financial because it's simply more than allocating your assets. Pewter Report trusts Muni Financial with our investments and retirement funds, and you should trust them too. Call 1-800-868-6864. Talk to David or Mark. They're awesome people over there because they'll tell you all about the different kinds of services that they have. There's legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college saving accounts. I know Scott is very big with that, with his kids. One's in school, one's going to college uh, right around the corner. They have all of that and more. So once again, go to one eight sorry, call one eight hundred eight six eight six eight six four and get started with a Muni Financial today. <laughs> you guys in the comments are great today. I just want to say that they uh, really are. You guys they are really are. But Matt's like transitions to everything are oh, it's been ten good. stars. Thank Stop you, Matt. This has been the best Peter Report podcast, and I think we're over oh. nine subscribers. You ain't gonna be happy. You are mm -hmm. absolutely right, though. This has been 
the greatest Peter Ford podcast. I'm pretty sure we're at 9K time. by now. Why not? Why yeah, would yeah. And if you haven't liked and subscribed, do it now, you know. And shared. Every time you like and subscribe, you know, it, it brings a certain joy to to <laughs> us at Peter Report here. And you know, you get your designated um you get your designated Blaine Gavin photo. So yeah, um, that, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So we, yeah. we of course we of course needed that. Watch Daddy sling it, as uh, some people like to say. Daddy was not slinging it today. Daddy had an off day. Yeah, but one thing that was very cool was that we saw, praise be to Godwin, Chris Godwin, lining up in seven-on-sevens. He actually participated in that a little bit. So uh, that obviously is a huge step forward. Very exciting. That means we're just getting closer and closer to Chris Godwin actually playing in a game. I don't necessarily know what's going if it's going to be the preseason. It actually shouldn't be, but I don't know. The the more that we see Chris Godwin out there, the more it's a sign that he's going to play in that first game, week one, Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys. Grayson said week one. Yes. Shout out Sarah. I said shout out Cyril. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm like, Grayson called it. And we have to trust that players know more than we do because they talk to each other. Duh. I would say, though, that what I do like about seeing Godwin back out there and how they are gradually piecing him, you know, into different parts of practice and drills is he's not playing with hesitation. Even in his little yeah. snaps that he's doing here and there, you're not seeing this reservation. You're not seeing any fear. You're seeing him, you know, land uh, confidently when he goes out for routes. So that's a big sign because I think we all learned a lot from the return of OJ Howard. And I know I referenced that a lot, but the minute Howard returned from his Achilles situation, I knew he was terrified. He played so fearfully in many circumstances and, you know, you can't blame them for it, but it also does put a realistic timeline on their return. So. And I think that's the best Crazy. part about part about having his, <laughs> this is going to sound terrible. I think that's the best part about his injury being a contact injury, non-contact because we've seen it all the time. Guys with those non-contact injuries like OJ Howard, as you mentioned there, they get scared to cut. They get scared to put, what if I cut this way and it happens again? With Godwin getting hit by a dirty play, um, you know that doesn't he doesn't have that fear of okay, you know maybe if I cut the wrong way or whatever, he might have a fear of getting hit. We haven't seen that happen, you know. And right. that yeah. the way he runs routes, but as far as cutting on, he's stopping on a dime, cutting on a dime, and he's not. He's it doesn't look like he's scared at all to to move the way he moved before, which is great. Again, we'll have to see it when he starts getting you know bodies thrown at him. But so far, as you mentioned, so so freaking good. Praise be. Praise be indeed. And you know what? If he ends up playing that first game of the season, I'm probably going to place a prop bet on him. And I'm probably going to go and do that at mybookie.ag. And mybookie offers all new customers. This is a new deal. They're going to offer a 100% match bonus on your first deposit all the way up to $1,000. Use the promo code pewter to claim yourself a dollar for dollar match on your first deposit. So if you deposit $200, they will also deposit $200 and you're playing with 400 buckaroos instantly. There's money lines, totals, everything else in between. And you could build your own prop with the prop builders. If you want to bet on Tom Brady to throw for over 300 yards and Chris Godwin to get over 75 yards to score a touchdown, you can do that with the prop builder. Just go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code pewter. 
Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. So if All I right, put guys. 500, I get 500? Is my Plant City math working out? Yeah, right? your, your Plant City math is spot is on. Right? <laughs> if, you, if you put in 500, you get another 500. So you got 1,000. You got a cool G to bet on Chris G. How you doing? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can we place a bet on whether or not I can kick a field goal? I, I'm just determined to figure this out for myself. We'll have to talk to my bookie about getting that on their on their website. But hey, yeah. listen, I'm not ruling it out. Hey, uh, Justin Bieber once said, "Never say never." So <laughs> I uh, was it was yeah. that Skyfield over there, um, Sky Park. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. we'll go there after practice, and then you know we'll bring a basic it. field goal. That's all I yeah. want. Garrett Garrett's asking how far away. Yeah, the old school field goal. I played yeah. soccer once upon a time, ladies and gentlemen, and I had a college scholarship to continue. There you go. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah. we might we might have to uh, we might have to film this, put it on our YouTube video <laughs> or our YouTube channel. Make sure make sure you like and subscribe, Pewter Report TV. And you know, yeah. this has been one of the best episodes of all time. Just a programming update for everyone. So obviously, we didn't have a show yesterday. We had one today. The next two shows on Wednesday and Thursday will be live from Nashville, Tennessee. What? Scott Reynolds and Josh Capo will be detailing and covering everything that went on with the joint practices between the Bucks and the Titans. Now, I believe they are on Central Time. So tomorrow yeah. and Thursday shows will be at 5 o'clock p.m. We'll, we'll put it on our social media and everything, so just keep a lookout. For that, but for the time being, it looks like we're going to be doing a 5 p.m. show for the next two days with that time difference. So uh, adjust your schedules and your clocks for that 5 p.m. the next two days, and then of course we will have a Peter Post game show once again. It will be Scott and Josh, and uh, they will be doing Peter Post game show live from the stadium uh, where the Bucks are on the road playing against the Tennessee Titans. That will go on approximately 45 minutes after the game is done. Again, keep a lookout on our social media. We will make everyone aware when we are going live. So in the meantime, for K. Huddy, Casey Hudson, for JC, JC Allen, I'm Matt Matera, Matty M in the C's saying thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. We will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. Oh.